Does the term biblical discipline stir up negative feelings for you? Do you dread having to biblically discipline your children because you view it as a terrible experience for everyone involved? Well, then we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoy this podcast, would you prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a monthly or even a one-time end-of-the-year donation? Your support helps to sustain our podcast and keep it on the air. So if you feel led to partner with us, please just go to gingerhubbard.com support to donate any amount at all. And thank you so much to our listeners for your support. This enables us to further our mission to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. Long before my husband and I had kids of our own, I knew I wanted to be a homeschooling mom. But when my oldest was ready to start kindergarten, I had just had our third child, who we affectionately referred to as the baby monster. Homeschooling didn't seem possible with a kindergartner, a toddler, and a baby monster. I was so thankful that a friend introduced me to BJU Press. Their all-in-one curriculum resources gave me the confidence to homeschool at a time when it didn't seem possible. Their video lessons that, by the way, are engaging and taught by experienced teachers Those videos were a time and a sanity saver for me. Best of all, their K-5 through grade 12 all-in-one curriculum options are rooted in a solid biblical worldview. To learn more about BJU Press, go to bjupresshomeschool.com and see what they have to offer. You'll find their parent-led resources as well as independent learning materials at bjupresshomeschool.com. And tell them the baby monster sent you. Well, hey there, Ginger. I am really eager to jump right into our topic today because I think you've given us a very intriguing title, The Positive Experience of Biblical Discipline. I bet that seems like an oxymoron to some of our listeners. So why do you think it's tempting for parents to view the act of biblical discipline as a negative experience? Because it's not a pleasant experience. Hmm. I don't know of any parent or child who views discipline as being pleasant. What parent would say, it was such a pleasure to watch you suffer the consequences of your choices? (laughs) And what child would say, thank you, Dad, for administering that consequence. (laughs) I thoroughly enjoyed it. (laughs) The simple truth is that discipline is not pleasant or enjoyable. We're told in Hebrews 12, 11, that no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Okay. I pondered that verse, Ginger, and it made me wonder if it was meant to imply that no discipline is pleasant at the time if it's done in a biblical way. Because Mm -hmm. I bet there are times when a parent actually does enjoy the act of discipline, and I mean that as a sinful kind of enjoyment. It's possible a mom or dad could be so angry that they take pleasure in giving the child what they think they deserve as a form of retribution. You disrespected me, so I'm going to unleash my fury until I'm satisfied, whatever that might look like. I would view that as a twisted kind of pleasure, and it's completely against what the Bible teaches in Romans 12, 19. And that verse says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Now, parents who don't yet have older kids might hear what I'm saying and think this lady's crazy. 
She's nuts. There is no way I could ever feel vengeance toward my child. And I sincerely hope that's the case. But I have to confess that this can be a real struggle for some parents once their children are old enough to really push those boundaries of disrespect. The temptation is to become more harsh with them as they act out toward us. So it's important for us to take stock of our own hearts before we discipline our children. If we enjoy the act of discipline because it satisfies some need for justice in us, then we aren't grieved by their sin the way that God is. And we would do really well to cry out to the Lord as he deals with that sin in our own hearts. And then it might be necessary to seek forgiveness from our children for times we've taken our discipline too far because it's been done in anger. I wonder, Ginger, if any of those parents who've written to us struggling with anger can likely identify with what I've just described, Mm -hmm. just that unleashing of their anger and their fury. It's satisfying in a way to just unload all of that on our children. Right. And I think some of them may not even realize when they have the mentality of, you know, boy, you're going to get it now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That sort of, even that mentality is a, is a vengeful kind of mentality. Right. Right. But if we can have confidence that our hearts are right before God, as we seek to discipline our children, then as you already shared with us from Hebrews 12, 11, it will be unpleasant, pure and simple. So Ginger, how can we say that biblical discipline is a positive experience when the Bible makes it clear that it's an unpleasant experience? Because the second part of that verse says, later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Mm. The harvest of righteousness and peace are the positive results of biblical discipline, both for this life and the life to come. The eternal blessings outweigh the temporal pain. Disciplining our children is unpleasant, but it shouldn't be viewed as a negative experience because it takes our children to a positive place where the righteousness and peace of Christ abound. I don't know, Ginger, that I've ever noticed verse 12 of Hebrews 12, but let me read that for our listeners. So after we hear that it produces a harvest of righteousness to those who've been trained by it, verse 12 says this, Therefore, Lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. And when I read that, I just pictured this restorative part of training our children where we point them time and time again to the person of Jesus who can heal what sin has put out of joint. It's the encouragement that comes immediately following discipline. And I love that. Mm, I do too. The restoration. That's good. I'm so Mm. glad you thought to read that next verse in Hebrews because it too is confirmation that biblical discipline is in fact a positive experience. Mm. Also, when we administer biblical discipline, yes, it's always painful in the beginning, but it should always end on a positive note. Let me give you two common scenarios where mom left out obeying God's commands to discipline and instruct her children. And I'd like for you to pay close attention to how both of these experiences end on a negative note. Now, both of these examples, by the way, are from my parenting book, Don't Make Me Count to Three. A mother waits in the checkout line at the grocery store with her four-year-old son. As little Tommy begins rummaging through the candy stand, mom grabs his arm and says, Tommy, I told you to stand right here. Tommy jerks free of mom's grasp and yells, but I don't want to, and he returns to the candy. Mom's voice goes up an octave. Tommy, (laughs) 
I told you to get back over here right now, or you're going to get it when we get home. And the battle continues as the clerk rings up bags and places the groceries in the cart. Or as we say here in the South, the buggy. That's right. (laughs) Mother and son ride home from the grocery store frustrated and angry. Here's another scenario. A mother waits in line at the main counter in the public library with her two preschool children. The children begin to argue and push one another, and mom says, stop it right now. You know that's not how you're supposed to act. As the librarian scans the small stack of books, mom begins to explain, I'm so sorry for the disturbance. They haven't had their naps yet. Mm -hmm. On the way out, mom tells the children how disappointed she is in their behavior. So do you see how both of these scenarios ended on a negative note? The reason they ended on a negative note is because mom is not heeding God's commands in training, instructing, and disciplining her children. She has abandoned God's holy instructions and adopted worldly methods, which always end on a negative note. I don't like either of those scenarios, Ginger. Because they hit way too close to home. I'm just picturing myself in the car with my kids after a situation like that and what that might sound like. But Well, I've it, been there too. Why, yeah. How do you think I come up with these scenarios for my books? There Got we plenty go. Plenty of material from my kids and from me. There we go. <laughs> but let's talk about those moms. So essentially, both of them respond with exasperation toward their children. The one mom is passive aggressive in her anger on the way home can't identify with that at all. And the other one shames her children as a way to vent her frustration for their behavior, which is what I was talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. Neither of those responses feel particularly positive or like this, hey, this is how we should train our children in righteousness by unloading on them. Um, If anything, both moms modeled behavior that they likely wouldn't tolerate in their own children. Mm -hmm. So do we want to train our children to be passive aggressive and vengeful? No, we don't. But we model that for them if we take this approach in correcting them. Exactly. Which is why we need to keep in mind that children learn and often model responses and behaviors they see in their parents. Parents are teachers. Our children are watching and listening and learning from the examples we set, whether positive or negative. Here's a convicting and sobering verse. Luke 640 says, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Ouch. I know. <laughs> when teaching and training are done properly, it should always have a positive ending that benefits and encourages the child to rightly respond. A child who is directly disobeying mom in the grocery store should not be yelled at or have to ride home with an angry mom. Mm. This sort of discipline does not demonstrate the kind of love and careful instruction that's commanded in the scriptures. It sends the negative message of, I'm not pleased with you, and it leaves the child with nowhere to go. It causes the child to feel like a failure who doesn't have mom's approval as a person. This can cause the child to fall into a people-pleasing mentality of trying to win the favor of others in order to feel better about themselves. Hmm. Behavior that's for the purpose of winning the approval of others is not where we want our children to be. It's an unhealthy way of living that leads to the spiritual and emotional bondage of people-pleasing. Our desire is for our children to put off their old selves and put on their new selves because it pleases God. And the way they learn that is through parents who love them so much that they take time to teach them. Parents 
who help them understand that their outward display of disobedience results from their inward problem with sin. Parents who point them to the rescuing help of Jesus for redemption and change for the purpose of honoring and pleasing Him, which is what they're created to do. The mom who takes the time to properly discipline her child while assuring him of her love and then teaches the child what they could have done instead sends the positive message of, I love you enough to train you in what's right. I love you enough to point you to Jesus and to encourage you to find your identity and your worth in his atonement and his righteousness. Mm. Do you see the difference there in worldly and biblical discipline? Worldly discipline is negative. It typically involves shaming or demeaning the child and perhaps administering a consequence, but leaving them with no place to go from there. Or the other extreme is not correcting or disciplining at all, but excusing or even indulging sinful behavior. Whereas biblical discipline is positive. Yes, it involves rebuking children to help them recognize and take ownership for the sin in their hearts, but that's the very thing that leads them to the positive experience of knowing Jesus and his power to bring about change in their lives. And yes, it involves disciplining them for wrong, but it doesn't leave them in a negative place. Biblical discipline takes them to the positive experience of understanding and choosing what's right by teaching them what God's Word says about disobedience and what it can lead to if it's continued, and encouraging them and how they can replace what is wrong with what is right with the help of Jesus, who is their source of strength. That is hugely important, and I really don't want our listeners to miss it because As we've addressed in many episodes of this podcast, there is a movement right now in Christian parenting that seeks to minimize or actually remove the role of rebuke and discipline. Mm -hmm. And I even think those who buy into this parenting philosophy would shudder at that very word, discipline. But as Christians, we shouldn't because God doesn't. And as Ginger just pointed out, it's the rebuke, exposing their sin by bringing it to light. That is what makes our children aware of their need for a Savior. John 3.20 says, For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. Our sinful nature is to hide, but we are called to continually shine the exposing light of God's Word on the hearts of our children and our own hearts. Now, I don't know how many of our listeners have ever been rebuked and had their sins exposed, but that is never a comfortable process. I hope, Ginger, all of our listeners have at least one brother or sister in Christ who loves them enough to lovingly rebuke them. Mm -hmm. But we would do well as parents to remember how we would want others to rebuke us. Do we respond well to guilt bombs or passive-aggressive silent treatments when we're being rebuked? Or would we prefer that someone take us to God's word and remind us of what it says and how we are to respond? I know which one I prefer. (laughs) I can't stand the silent treatment. I can't stand passive aggressive, but I find myself doing that when Mm -hmm. rebuking my own children. Okay, let's look at the second scenario in the library where the children are arguing and pushing one another. Not that any of us can relate to our kids fighting in public at all. No. Um, So in that scenario in the library... They're arguing and pushing one another. Let's hear about that. Sure. The problem with that scenario is that the children first witnessed their mom offer excuses to the librarian for their behavior. She said that they had not had their naps, which (laughs) sends the negative message of, it's okay to argue and push one another if you're tired. Mm. 
Right. Then she turned right around and sent mixed signals to her children by contradicting her own excuses when she told them how disappointed she was in their behavior. Not only is this confusing to the kids, but it causes them to focus on mom's disapproval, which is negative, rather than the power of Jesus to free them from the sin in their hearts, which is positive. Mm. The mom's training would have been so much more effective and heart-oriented had she calmly told the children to fold their hands and wait quietly for her to check out. She could have said something like, I've just given you instructions to fold your hands and wait quietly, and now you have a choice. Are you going to choose to obey or disobey? Kids always have the freedom to choose, and they need to understand that there are consequences when they choose to disobey. That's why consistency with consequences is so important. It confirms to them that there are consequences for sin. They learn that they reap what they sow, which encourages them to make wise choices. Okay, so not that I've ever been in this situation, but let's say that mom gives the instructions and the kids choose to disobey. What could mom have done differently? After administering discipline at home in private, she could have discussed what a right response to her instructions in the library would have been. And in doing that, she would be sending the positive message of, I love you enough to train you in self-control and obedience so that you will make wiser decisions, which pleases God and brings blessings to you. I just love the mindset shift here from what comes so naturally to most of us, where we fuss and fuss and fuss until we eventually flip our lids and blow up at our (laughs) kids. But instead, we need to replace that uncontrolled show of our own emotion with what God says is a fruitful way to discipline, which is what Mm, you just described. That's right. Now, Ginger, I want to share with our listeners what happened recently at my son's Little League baseball game. We were sitting by the dugout when two boys about seven years old who were inside the dugout erupted in a fist fight. And we were all kind of like, what is happening right now? (laughs) These two boys are going at it. But it didn't take long for us to realize that they were brothers and that was how they handled conflict with a literal cage fight. (laughs) Now I felt, Ginger, I felt so badly for that Mm -hmm. poor mom who was clearly at the end of her rope. She tried all the things that come so naturally to us. She threatened them multiple times. She yelled at them. She shamed them publicly, and she even counted to three. No. I know. And it was at that point that I texted Ginger, and <laughs> I joked that it's okay to count to three as long as you do it backwards. And I said, <laughs> I said it, was yeah. like, it was like a uh, rocket launch. What did I say? I don't remember. But anyway... <laughs> And I said, well, it makes it uh, more gentle if you do yeah, it backwards. that's right. And I said it was like a gentle rocket backwards. launch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She just exploded on these kids. But mm. y'all, it was all I could do not to walk up to the sweet mama and just hug her because mm. she was clearly overwhelmed. She was there. I didn't see her husband. I don't know if she has a husband. I mean, I just felt so bad for her. Yeah. And I wanted to hand her a stack of free resources. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Ginger, I would be that mom if God had not, opened my eyes and pointed me toward your resources early on in our parenting. So I am just so grateful for your wise words for mom's chart, uh, for your book. I can't believe you just said that. And also don't make me count to three. That is the book that completely changed my approach to parenting, both me and my husband. And I just want to share for a moment in case that sweet mama's listening, or if there are parents who feel like they can identify with her, The chart just offers a quick reference of heart-probing questions the parent can ask the child in relation to a particular sin 
like disobeying, lying, complaining, uh, fist fighting in the dugout. And then it gives <laughs> specific Bible verses for what to put off and what to put on. And for parents who struggle with how to go about having these biblical conversations with their kids in natural ways. Uh, Ginger's book, I Can't Believe You Just Said That, is really helpful for that. Ginger opens every chapter of that book with a common, relatable scenario in accordance with specific struggles children face. And then she walks mom and dad through how they can communicate with their children in ways that they will listen and ponder the truths that you're teaching. Both of these resources will help you and your children have a positive experience with biblical discipline. So we encourage you to stay tuned until the end of this episode for how you can get a discount on both of these resources at Ginger's website, gingerhubbard.com. Thank you, Katie. And let me just throw in there that it really helps us when you guys purchase uh, these resources through my website, because Mm -hmm. that then we receive the revenue from those sales, which is a lot more than if you purchase from other online retailers. And so we really appreciate you purchasing at gingerhubbard.com. And we're always happy to offer that 10% discount. We're going to do that at the end of every one of our podcast shows. That's our plan anyway. So um, we really appreciate because that's one of the best ways that you can help support our ministry in this podcast. Absolutely. Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. And today's quick tip is courtesy of Joy in Ohio. And she says this, getting our children to eat has been a great challenge at our house. I don't know that anybody can identify with that, Ginger. Mine are all perfect eaters. (laughs) Uh, It had become quite a power struggle and we were desperately trying to come up with a way to minimize that. A friend recommended we read books while our children eat and it has worked great. They aren't able to see the pictures until they take a bite. And it distracts them so much that they forget about the power struggle. We are praying that after a while, they will just be in the habit of eating when asked and we can wean them (laughs) off of the books. Thank you for all your work on the podcast. It is a must listen for me each week. Mm -hmm. I really like this tip. And Mm -hmm. I've heard a lot of homeschooling moms who use this trick to keep their little ones quiet while they read aloud. So it works in both directions, both to get them to eat and then to get them to be quiet while they're listening to the reading. So mm-hmm. thank Which you so much. for them. Reading yeah. aloud is so good for them. Absolutely. So you're, you're doing something that's great as well. Exactly. Thank you so much for sending that tip in, Joy. Mm-hmm. If you have a quick tip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We would love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. Ginger, for all those parents who think that biblical discipline needs to be a negative experience, can you just leave them with a final word of encouragement? Parents, when biblical discipline is administered in accordance with Scripture, it's going to be a positive experience that imparts wisdom to our children and brings glory to God. Thank you so much, Ginger, and thank you listeners for joining us today. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, can you leave us a rating or a review? This is a great help to get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Do you have a parenting question? Well, we invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. While you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. If you're not sure which resources to get, well, today's your lucky day. 
Every day's your lucky day. We're offering a bundle deal of all of Ginger's resources at a $25 discount. This includes her parenting books and study guides, the wise words for mom's chart, all of which we talked about today, as well as the CD and a digital download of her audio series called Reaching the Heart of Your Child. This is a $95 value for just $70. And if you use the code parenting at genderhubbard.com, you can get an additional 10% off this already great deal. If you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. And you can connect with me on Instagram at Katie in a quarter. 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 <laughs> It'll only cost you a quarter to Katie connect with Katie. Katie in a quarter. That's about the value of the content I put on Instagram, to be honest with you. No, I love your Instagram account. I, that's the first thing I look at when I'm on there. Oh, it's okay, so funny. Okay. You have such funny stuff. And I like to keep up with your kids. Well, don't find me on Katie in a quarter. It's KT in a corner, and that's K-A-T-Y in a corner. Thank you so much for joining us today, listeners. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God.